Hey, welcome to episode 62 of Inbound Agency Journey. This is Andrew, and we are excited to have you here today. And we're excited to share a great conversation with Doyle Slayton. Doyle is the CEO and co-founder of Zumbi, an inbound marketing agency. And in this interview, he shares their onboarding process, taps into how they review a client's current sales process, and how they make sure that sales and marketing are aligned moving forward so that their clients can get the maximum impact out of inbound marketing. You're going to grab a lot in this interview and hear a lot from their tale. So without further ado, folks, here we go. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. Hey, Doyle. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. We're excited to have you here today. Hey, thanks, Andrew. Great to be here. Awesome. Do you want to just introduce yourself? If there's anyone out there who has not heard your name before, give us a little bit of a background on your story and how you got to be where you are today at the agency. Sure. Well, uh, I'm the co-founder and CEO uh, here at Zumbi. Uh, joined up with a, a, my business partner, Jeremy Walsh, uh, to, to start the agency. And it's, you know, it's interesting, Andrew. I never thought uh, that I would own and operate a marketing agency um, because I, I really grew up in business on the, on the sales side of the house. Everything I'd ever done was, was involving sales primarily with startups or, or launches in new markets. So to kind of give you a little bit of background, um, I guess my, my first real job was in sports broadcasting. So I got a background in, in, in that, but that's where I cut my teeth in sales. I had to sell advertising to be able to get my games on the air. And that's where I kind of learned to cold call, right? I mean, back then it was just hammer the phone. I had names of of small business owners in the community on a piece of paper. And it just came naturally to me to hammer, hammer, hammer until I got the 10 or 15 advertisers that I needed to to put games on for the season. And, uh, you know, my next next job when I got out of broadcasting, because there wasn't a whole lot of money in and it especially not at the bottom, uh, was I helped launch University of Phoenix here in Dallas back in 2001 when they first got permission from the Department of Education to operate in Texas. Um, we, we, I was, I think, the seventh employee hired, and by the time that I'd been there for about eight and a half years, we'd built up you know, five campus locations, had merged with the online division, and most of the work there was B2B sales trying to tap in their into their tuition reimbursement programs. And back then, uh, that meant something. It was a benefit that companies were wanting to, to spend money on. Uh, but that industry uh, changed quite a bit. The third uh, kind of role that I took was said, well, listen, I really, I see the challenges coming with, with these, uh, uh, with higher ed. I'm really a sales guy. I want to sell something a little sexier. I want to sell software, right? So, I went into software sales, but nobody really thought that higher ed was was sales. So I had to start with a smaller firm that wasn't well known. And that's when I recognized, listen, hammering the phone and cold calling for University of Phoenix, who spends millions of dollars in advertising and marketing and 
you know, buying the naming rights at, at uh, football, NFL football stadiums is a whole lot different than hammering the phone for a small no-name software company that nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> a little different. <laughs> right? So, I mean, I realized when I started looking around me, the average sales rep at that software company would spend, you know, they lasted maybe six to nine months in the job before leaving. And I knew in just observing it that, uh, that there was no way that, that small business, small and medium-sized companies, especially software companies, could succeed with a turnover rate like that, especially with a robust software application. We need experts selling it. And, you know, what would it take to be successful? You had to make two to 300 phone calls just to get one appointment. And I knew that even with a guy like me that I told you I enjoyed and cold calling came naturally to me, I knew that it was a problem, right? Yeah. Um, although I had, I don't know that I'd still have that at my age now, but I had the mental toughness at the time uh, to make those types of calls and, and be successful. But, you know, generally speaking, uh, you've got to be a weirdo to be willing to, to hammer the phone like that, right? <laughs> so so I realized, listen, um, I've, I had a blog online. Uh, some people might might recognize it or remember it. It was sales blogcast. I was writing a lot about sales and leadership, and and it was that experience starting around 2007, 2008 that I started working with with within LinkedIn, sharing my content, driving a lot of traffic, etc. And I realized down the road, you know, five or ten years later, I thought, you know what, I think that I can take this sales mentality and the ability to drive and convert traffic online and uh, turn it into an agency. And I knew of HubSpot for quite some time, but I'd never really um, uh, spent time diving into it. So long story short, we said, hey, man, let's start an agency. We're going to be a sales-driven mentality uh, and combine our, our social media marketing efforts and, and learn the rest. And so that's how kind of Zumbi was launched in, you know, um, uh, two years ago. And, and that's what brings us here today. Dang. So you, you really discovered this out of your own practice, running your blog and seeing the results on LinkedIn. Exactly. Yeah. And kind of knowing that, listen, we've got to change the way that small business owners, medium-sized business owners who, who uh, have people cold calling, um, help supplement those efforts to get what we call a, a better ROE, return on effort, right? Uh, you've got to get a bit better return on effort to position your sales team to succeed. And we felt like just from experience that, uh, that we knew those pains inside and out and could help. Nice. So walk, with, a, with a strong sales focus that you guys bring, Walk us through a typical customer engagement. How do you help clients connect that dot between knowing how to sell and you know leveraging inbound and online content to get the leads? Well, in most cases, it's really assessing where they are right now in terms of you know what kind of uh, content, digital assets do they have? What does their website look like? And, and, and all of those things on the digital marketing side. Right. And determining, listen, based on budget, how many different uh, gated assets and campaigns can we run for you in the first year? And then from there, also saying, OK, now now that we've kind of got a plan in place, 
um, uh, to, to put a certain number of campaigns together. Um, we've got to be able to make sure they all mesh and align for, uh, for good lead nurturing and uh, develop workflows in order to make, uh, make that funnel start to pull leads through, uh, through the funnel. Once you kind of get to that point of saying, well, the next thing we've got to figure out is tell me about how your sales team is structured, right? Uh, because, you know, if nobody ends up uh, following up with these leads personally when they're ready to buy, especially if it's a more complex sale, right? Yeah. Uh, that lead's not going to go anywhere. So, uh, so understanding where they are on, on, on the CRM side. Do they have a, uh, uh, scripts that they follow, uh, a sales methodology? Do they have a cadence uh, for, for prospecting and follow-up? And really trying to align the marketing messaging with the sales messaging and follow-up so that you can have everything working um, in, in succession. So most of the clients that we have and that have worked with here in the early going, because we were a startup, you know, we didn't have an agency to begin with. Many of them really have started with the marketing side. So, uh, so what we try to do to be to begin with is just get them some exposure, build their brand, build build the the recognition out there. And, and one of our slogans is: Listen, don't be the best company nobody's ever heard of. Right. I love so, it. Uh, we do a we we do very well on social as I mentioned before, so we'll start putting out blog posts, putting out you know uh, engaging questions that people will comment on to drive traffic and so forth, and and we begin there getting exposure, and then converting those leads and and then uh, when budget allows, put us in a position to also then start helping their sales team. Okay. I like how you tackle it. You got to get leads before you know how to follow up with them and work them. But I think more agencies need to be more attentive to that sales process and that handoff process. Um, because I know at Guava Box, we've had, we've had clients where we have, from a marketer's perspective, just kicked butt and delivered a lot of leads. But since that focus wasn't there to teach them how to handle them, they went, they just dropped. And so we ended up getting fired because they didn't get customers out of it because they didn't know how to follow follow up with those leads, I think more and more folks are going to need to shift to that direction and pay more attention to how those leads are followed up with once you earn them through the marketing process. Well, I agree. I agree. And, and I think it's happened to all of us, you know, hey, we're getting tons of traffic, we're getting uh, all kinds of conversions, but, you know, where did we go after that? It, it Well, it went into a black hole, right? Um, and so if they, that's one, one hard lesson that I think we've also learned is making sure that, listen, if, if the CE, if we're working with a small company, small software company that may be in startup mode, they haven't really hired a, a, a veteran sales rep or are thinking about if nobody, if the CEO is going to be the one who's expected to follow up with the leads, it's probably not going to happen. They have too yeah. much on their plate. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, you know, Jill Conrath gave me great advice also and said, be careful about who you, who you, you know, take on as a client. She said, um, if they're desperate for sales, you don't want to work with them, right? <laughs> because, because, uh, the, the types of, it's all about the right attitude and the right perspective. And it does begin with exposure, then conversion, then, then, um, nurturing and, and closing deals. But 
if you don't have the right pieces in place, aka a salesperson on that back end to, to follow through, uh, the chances of, of that lead nurture sequence coming to a close and those leads stalling out are high. Yeah. So from your agency perspective, what does your team look like to deliver on this this kind of client journey? Do you are you loaded with more marketing talent, sales talent? Do you have a balance in the team? How does that work? Yeah, that's a, a great question. I mean, it's one of those things that you're always trying to, to, to figure out what the right mix is. And so what we've really tried to do is have a, a, a nice balance. Again, uh, folks that uh, align with, with our overall uh, thinking that it's about both uh, sales and marketing. And that, you know, with our mentality also, we really come at it from an angle that even though we're the marketing agency and, and there's a lot of egos in both sales and marketing, Marketing is there to support sales, not the other way around, right? And we've got to take that position in our role uh, as we approach the, the clients as well. So the way that we're set up is a good balance. We normally try to work with um, uh, work with clients with a campaign manager who kind of acts as, as the strategist as well. Uh, then we've got the, uh, the content uh, uh, marketer writer uh, slash copy editor. Uh, from there, we, we've got someone who's handling the uh, design aspects of ebooks and any updates to the website, CTAs, et cetera, that have to happen. Uh, and then the social media marketer who's you know pushing out uh, to LinkedIn, Twitter, et cetera. Uh, and so that's kind of how it's, it's built right now, really a handful of people that are working on the account at any given time. Okay, awesome. As a good structure, from a success standpoint, do you guys have any case studies or any recent success stories of clients who have gone through some of that process and you're beginning to see fruit from the engagement that you guys are doing? You bet. Yeah, we're working with one particular uh, client that, that immediately comes to mind because it's it's been about four or five months that we've been working with them. And, you know, they've been on HubSpot I think since around 2013 or so. Uh, so be, they've been on the platform for, for quite some time. And uh, they'd worked with multiple uh, agencies and marketers uh, over that three-year period on and off. And just looking at the results that, uh, that, that they had uh, picked up, unfortunately, you know, they'd never really exceeded more than well, I guess one point they had about 800 visitors to their site, and and um, if I look at it, they probably had, you know, 25 conversions, 25 to 30 Ugh. conversions. The rest of the time, you normally just see it somewhere in that three to 500 visitors, mainly 300 visitors a month, which is just not going to cut it. So within two or three months of really launching our our methodology and program with them. Uh, by the, I guess it was the third month of working with them, um, we produced 2,500 visitors to the website and over 100, uh, 100 leads. Wow. So it was just a huge, a huge uh, a jump for them and uh, really positioned them to say, wow, this, this is great. Uh, let's, let's move to that next layer of, of uh, mapping out a plan for sales and following up on these conversions. And then also, you know, it's a training, it's a training company, sales training company. Uh, so we're working on building an online university for them as well. So 
Not only will, will it help gain exposure to the on-site training and consulting that they do, but also uh, create opportunities for passive income and online conversions for them as well. Very cool. That's a cool mix. I like seeing that, how you're helping them implement that program together. That's yeah, cool. I think that was that was a good one uh, that happened recently, and we're real excited about it. Were there any... Were there any tactics or any elements of the strategy that you guys implemented to see results that fast? Or was it that, you know, the other folks that were working with them just didn't have their inbound game together? Well, I mean, I'm not sure about the other folks that have worked with them in the past to, to, to give any details there. I can tell you that, uh, you know, for us being so strong and having so much su- such a reach on social Helps, especially when we're playing with um, or working with companies that are in our in our real wheelhouse, yeah. right? So anything to do with sales, anything to do with leadership or human capital management, HR type of content, uh, we can also promote through our social channels. And we have a very big following uh, on social. We've got um, a, a big LinkedIn group called Sales and Marketing Leaders. Um, on LinkedIn that has uh, about 42,000 members uh, in the group. We've got a nice social following on Twitter. Um, you can find me at, at Doyle Slayton. And so the point of that is, is that anytime we find clients where the type of content that we're publishing also matches our social voice, not only will we promote their content under their social profiles, but we'll do it under ours which gives them a lot more exposure more quickly. Yeah, and a lot more value in terms of a partner agency that just gets their target customer that well. Was exactly. That, is, that mm-hmm. on, is that on purpose or did that just kind of happen in terms of the type of people you started working with? No, it's really on purpose. I mean, when you start thinking about it, people's questions typically are, I mean, with thousands of marketing agencies out there, um, you know, clients will ask, you know, what, what's different about you guys? And so, you know, the main difference in us is that we're sales guys who know how to market. Um, so, so that's that's one I think big differentiator being being very sales minded and sales oriented. And then the second uh, the second area is that we're very uh, strong in social. I mean, most people look at our analytics, and I don't have it up right now, but I think if if I were to open up our analytics, um, we've probably had. Uh, 7,500 or so visitors come from social alone uh, last month, uh, you know, to, to Zumbi. So, um, you know, that's pretty good for, for a brand new agency. Um, and I say brand new two years into it. Um, you know, probably 70,000 visitors over the two years from, from social and many of that, uh, many of those coming from, from LinkedIn, et cetera. So social being a really strong area for us. And then, uh, you know, the third thing is having uh, experience in the in the fields I told you about, you know, uh, corporate training and development, software applications uh, in in that arena, corporate uh, uh, B2B sales, that sort of thing. Having frontline experience on that. I think those are the those are the key differentiators. That's awesome. So two years in. If you were to start over today, what would you do differently than what you than what you did? No, that's easy. Uh, really, hire a salesperson 
much sooner. Uh, you know, I think in the beginning, especially with with me having been a sales guy, and you're trying to run lean, right? Um, you you feel like, well, I can handle it for now. But I think that growth would happen even faster if if we would have uh, brought a salesperson in sooner. Uh, to help with with the leads that were coming in, because even for us, with me having to do it, uh, those leads were falling through the cracks, and so so that that's where we would definitely make an adjustment. That's yeah, I I hear that, I feel that pain ourselves as an agency, but then I also see that in a lot of other agencies where if you can get marketing and sales outside of the ownership as soon as possible, you're going to be able to to continue to scale because. Inevitably, with a small young agency, if you spend your time marketing and then you close your first few clients and you stop marketing for yourself and you start marketing for them, that's just going to dry the well for the agency. So you got to make sure totally. that the marketing and sales is taken care of. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. So from a um, from like looking forward, how would you like to see the agency continue to grow over the next couple of years based on the lessons that you've learned so far? You bet. Well, I think the, the big thing that uh, that we want to do is move upstream with the size clients that um, uh, that we've worked with. You know, as a small agency, I think we got in uh, to the business doing projects for smaller accounts that were very tight on budget themselves. And I think because you can't just do really one piece of the puzzle. Uh, for a client and, and expect folks to, you know, clients to come and start writing checks and buying from them. You've got to do a, a, a holistic approach to inbound marketing um, and have all of the pieces in place. So one of the things that really stuck with me uh, when we were at inbound uh, this past year was you've got to find people. Uh, you look for an attitude, Right in your clients. And if you have a shared attitude, they're going to make for a great client. And number two is you've really got to look for people that are come uh, or clients that are comfortable uh, spending uh, at a minimum of $150,000 a year uh, toward marketing. And so I think that's the direction that I'd like to try to take us because working, you know, a bunch of small retainers is more work um, with with a, a less of a desired outcome because they're not doing everything that they need to do to be successful than working with um, you know uh, fewer but larger accounts uh, that are doing all the things that they need to be doing. So that's the direction we want to go: is move upstream um, with folks that can do uh, uh, more uh, of the whole package. Yeah, I think the mind, like you hit the nail on the head. It's the mindset of those bigger customers that is the big difference. It's not um, like budget. I don't, I don't know if budget's an indicator or if it's just a, like another symptom of it. But if you, it just seems inevitable that when you're working with a larger account, the mindset of either the CMO, the marketing contact that you have, they're just at a different level than the folks that are struggling to come up with the budget to just hit your standard baseline retainer. Right. Right. No, I agree. And you know, we have a, we have a client that we started off with uh, that that is that has been with us for um, for a while now, our longest standing client, and and they have that attitude. I mean, they not to discount the fact that we will we will take on smaller clients. I mean, 
when that person at, at inbound said 150,000 minimum, I think that might be a stretch, right? But even if someone starts with, with um, you know, um, sixty to eighty thousand dollar retainer with a mentality that says, "Listen, let's make it succeed at this level, and then you know we're going to be willing to grow it from there." Yeah. Uh, that as long as they have the right attitude toward toward growth um, and putting the time and the effort into it, then I think you know it's going to be successful. And that's been the story with another one of these clients that I'm telling you about. They started at a very low retainer. But it's grown over time, and, and they've continued to invest in it. That is good. That's an indicator that y'all are doing the right thing over there. So that's awesome. Uh, shifting gears from business to personal, as an entrepreneur with a sales background, and um, you know that takes a get-up-and-go kind of spirit, is there anything that you do to kind of keep yourself in the game, to keep you operating at a high level as you continue to lead and grow the organization here? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I do every day is is try to connect with uh, with at least a couple of people on the team and have conversations so that I'm always in the game with them. Um, I think one of the contacts I make every day uh, on is with my salesperson, right, uh, to provide coaching and feedback and continue to provide development opportunities for for them, and then also just reaching out to to you know, my campaign manager and my, uh, my content marketing manager and my social media marketer just to stay, uh, keep my finger on the pulse and understanding what's working and what's not working, right? And then the other thing that, you know, sometimes you realize, man, it's been a week and I haven't gotten out in the field. I mean, I think getting, getting out of the office and, and getting out there instead of just being behind the computer the whole time is important as well. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, before this, this opportunity to speak to you, I was out, uh, you know, in Dallas working with, uh, a prospective, uh, association that wants to work with us and, and their members. So, uh, so getting out there is key. Nice. Is your how do you have your team structure? Are you guys all in the same office space together, or are you operating with a remote team? We're all remote, and I think that's the other thing that, that you know you're you're constantly weighing out, right? So right now, uh, all of us uh, are remote, in different parts of the country, working out of our house. I do feel like uh, there are times when I think about it and say, what could we produce if if we had an office, right? And how would that culture develop as well? So. It's kind of weighing out those options of running lean and running out of everyone's house yeah. or, or opening a, a, an office space. Well, very cool. Doyle, thank you so much for just sharing a little about your story. And I really enjoyed hearing how you kind of discovered inbound through your own experience and then were able to apply the skills that you started honing back in the sports broadcasting, sports marketing days in this market. I think that's a really cool journey to take. Uh, you mentioned Twitter earlier, but if uh, are there any favorite channels that you have, if anyone who's listening wants to reach out and say hi? You bet. I mean, I think the, the two best places uh, to, to connect with me are LinkedIn, number one. Uh, you can just find me at Doyle Slayton, and then uh, Twitter also at Doyle Slayton. Um, you can, you can find me on either one of those locations. 
Well, awesome. Doyle, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your inbound agency journey. Hey, thank you. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.